Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Taking Your Next Step podcast from Collegians for Christ. Through each episode, we will journey together focusing on knowing what you believe and why you believe it. If you are eager, like I am, to strengthen your faith, then take your next step now by joining us in today's episode. So as we've been going through our study in John chapter 15, we just looked at the branches and we examined the three different types. You have the unfruitful branch, the fruitful branch, and the withered branch. Now it's said in scripture that the unfruitful branch is removed. And many people we talked about will reference that as being you can lose your salvation. And then the withered branch about how it's gathered and cast into the fire. And uh, people will also use that passage to say, hey, this means or teaches that that you can lose your salvation. Now, we talked about it briefly on our last episode, uh, but I want to dig in more in depth on this to answer the question, can you lose your salvation? Uh, this may be one of the greatest um, or most frequent questions I have received throughout ministry, uh, whether it's asked specifically like that or it's asked in different ways of people thinking they can earn their way to God or if they do something or some certain sin that they'll lose their salvation, need to be resaved. Um, it comes in all different fashions, but I want you to be able to know for yourself and also to be able to describe or give reasons, biblical reasons, why we would say you cannot lose your salvation. Now, I made the statement, never use the obscure to interpret the obvious. Now, what we want to do on this episode, and I'm going to probably split it into two because I want to take our time, is to use the obvious to interpret the obscure. See, in John 15, it's obscure. It doesn't say for sure that it is salvation. It just says, hey, these unfruitful branches will be removed. Now, go back to our previous episode if you didn't listen, and we describe what that means to be removed. And then we talked about the withered branch, how the withered branch was never connected to, it was never in Christ, and how that branch was like Judas. It appeared to be a branch, but was not. It's a person that would be a say unsaved Christian, which is kind of a paradox, but it's someone who identifies as a Christian, but has never placed their faith in Jesus Christ. And so I want to walk through this and give you the obvious. I'm going to give you five reasons why you cannot lose your salvation. They're all biblical. They're not my thoughts, not your thoughts. They're what scripture says. And I would say this, no matter what you think on this, or if you find yourself in a conversation with a coworker, classmate, or whatever the case may be, always let's do this. Let's make truth our end goal. It's not what Kyle thinks. It's not what you think or what someone else thinks, it's, but it is what God's Word says. And we want God's Word to be the final authority on all the matters of our faith, and we want His Word to speak. And so as we go into this, our first reason I would give you why you cannot lose your salvation is a believer's salvation is a gift from God. I love the way Scripture uh, illustrates salvation. I can understand so well a gift from Christmas, from birthday. And so I use it often when I'm sharing the gospel with someone. But Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so here this passage tells us what we are saved by and what we are not saved by. Now here it says you are saved uh, through faith, and that not of yourselves, it says it is the gift of God. So what is the gift? Do we have to wonder what the gift is in our passage? Well, if we go to another passage, Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is very obvious. 
uh, we understand the gift is eternal life, and we understand that eternal life comes through Jesus Christ. And so the gift is salvation, or the gift is eternal life. So you are saved, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. What is the it there? Is salvation is the gift of God. So what are we saved by? We're saved by grace. Well, what on earth is grace? Well, grace is God giving us what we do not deserve. You and I deserve the punishment for our sin. We don't deserve someone coming in and paying our fine and taking our punishment. But God did that through his son, Jesus Christ. And it's an absolutely free expression from, of love from God to man. So we're saved by this grace, which is the work of Jesus Christ, that he, the fact that he willingly died on the cross he was buried, he took our punishment, and he rose from the grave. Now, what are we not saved by? And this passage, it tells us we're not saved by two things. One is not of ourselves, so there's nothing you can do to save yourself. And then number two, not of works. There's nothing on earth you can go and do to earn your way into, into heaven, to earn your way to get salvation. Why? Because it's a gift. Now, when we think about works, what would these be? These would be performances or acts. Maybe it would be baptism. Baptism has nothing to do with salvation. It's something that comes after salvation that is a choice that someone makes to identify or be obedient to Jesus Christ. Some people would say, well, church attendance, the fact that I go to church or live in a good life or I donate money or I'm a part of this nonprofit organization. These are all works. Think about Jesus was on the cross between two thieves, and one of those thieves ridiculed him. The other said, remember me, and Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. You have to understand his hands were nailed to the cross, this thief. He could not do anything with his hands. He could not pass out food. He could not write a check. He could not do anything. His feet were nailed to that cross. He could not run down to the church and be baptized. There's nothing he could do except call out to Jesus, and Jesus said, Today, not next week, not next year, today you will be with me in paradise. You see, he received the free gift of salvation. So there's nothing you can do to earn your way to heaven or keep yourself in heaven because it is a gift. There's not enough works that you could do. And as a gift, a gift cannot be taken back. And this is what helps us to understand that we cannot lose our salvation. You see, a gift ceases to be a gift if it is taken back. In reality, it was never a gift in the first place. It was something that was borrowed. Imagine me giving you a gift. I hand it to you. If it's a gift, I gave it to you because I care for you. I love you. I want to say thank you. There's nothing you've done to earn it. It is a gift. But you must accept the gift. Now, that's the beautiful thing about salvation. God offers the gift of salvation to the world. But the world, you must take the gift. There must be a time in your life when you've personally received the gift. You say, how do I receive the gift? The Bible tells us, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You call out to him to accept the free gift of salvation. And at that moment, you are saved. You have received the gift that God offers. Now, the gift is offered. And if you're listening to me or somebody has shared the gospel with you or someone else, the gift has been offered. But if you say not now, or you say maybe later, you are saying to God, I don't want the gift. You are turning down the gift by uh, delaying or by dismissing it. And so the gift is there. The gift never ceases to be a gift. And since salvation is truly a gift, it cannot be taken back. Because if I gave you the gift and said, hey, I need that back, then it was never a gift. It's something I loaned to you. It's something that you borrowed. And since salvation is not received based on your behavior or works, 
then it cannot be removed based on your behavior or works. And so salvation is not received based on how we behave and how good we are. Does our good outweigh our bad? No, and not how much we can do, how many times we can go serve and, and give money and go to church. None of that has anything to do with it. So as a result, it cannot be removed based on your behavior or works, and therefore you cannot lose your salvation. So first of all, a believer's salvation is a gift from God. I believe that's something very easy to talk with someone through. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is a uh, very easy verse to walk someone through. And then secondly, a believer is sealed by the Holy Spirit. In the same book, Ephesians, back in chapter 1, we get really the progression or the steps to salvation that are revealed here in our passage. It says this uh, in verse number 12, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. Then 13 says this, "...in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession." And so here we see the progression or what takes place the moment someone accepts Jesus Christ or uh, accepts the free gift of salvation. First, they hear the word of truth or they hear the gospel. They hear the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Then number two in our passage, after that you heard the word of truth, uh, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, also you trusted or believed, in whom also after that you believed. And so the progression is you heard, and then you trust or believe, and then thirdly you're sealed. You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So this is what takes place. You hear the word of God, you hear the gospel, you call out to Jesus, you believe, and then you are sealed. And the seal is the Holy Spirit. So the moment a person receives the free gift of eternal life, God gives them the Holy Spirit spirit to live inside of them. And this is a seal. And a seal signifies a final and complete transaction. It says here in our passage that you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So what does the Holy Spirit refer to in verse 13? The promise. The promise of what? Why does he say the promise? He could have left that as your seal with the Holy Spirit. But he said with that Holy Spirit of promise. You see, the Holy Spirit is the promise of Jesus' return and the promise of your eternal life. Listen to what Titus 1-2 says. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Now, what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit here in verse number 14? He's the promise of our salvation, but also it's the earnest, it says, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. So earnest is a deposit. We give earnest money when we purchase houses uh, in America, and you're putting down money to guarantee that you're going to go through with the transaction, not just going to back out. And if you decide to back out uh, just for no reason at all, then your earnest money can be forfeited. Uh, you're, it's a deposit by the purchaser. So God being the purchaser is giving us the Holy Spirit as the deposit, the guarantee. And how long are we sealed? It says until the redemption of the purchased possession. We're sealed. The seal can't be removed. It's a final transaction until the day of redemption. That's when Jesus returns. So you cannot lose your salvation. Why? Because in order for you to lose your salvation, an unbreakable seal promised by God who cannot lie would have to be broken. Nowhere does the Bible speak about this. So if you're going to lose your salvation, this seal that you receive at the moment of salvation 
would have to be broken. God would have to lie because he would break his promise. So we understand you cannot lose your salvation. One, because salvation is a gift. A gift cannot be taken back. Two, because at the moment of salvation, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, and that seal cannot be broken. Now, on next week's episode, we're going to look at the idea, the truth that we're adopted into the family of God and what that means, and understanding that salvation is eternal and it's a present possession. And then fifthly, that you can know that you possess salvation And so join with us on next week's episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please share it with a friend or subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can connect with Collegians for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com.